Welcome to Impacting Jamaica, the Independence Edition, where we shine the spotlight on positive developments since independence in 1962 and the way forward for Jamaica. We also highlight positive happenings, activities, projects and investments at every level across every sector to inspire, motivate and excite people everywhere. Impacting Jamaica, the Independence Edition is powered by JN Bank. My name is Keisha Hill and welcome to Impacting Jamaica. This year, Jamaica celebrates 60 years of political independence. We are a proud people and we are equally pleased about the things that make us unique. Sure, there is crime, poverty and economic challenges, but our spirit and tenacity remain undaunted and we treasure all the wonderful things about this place we call home. Joining us on Impact in Jamaica is Dr. Amina blackwood Meeks, a special and rare talent. She is a writer and director of children's plays and contemporary stories. Also an award-winning actress, performer, workshop facilitator, motivational speaker and custodian of oral tradition. She joins us on Impact in Jamaica to share her views and what she thinks Jamaicans are famous for. Dr. Blackwood Meeks, thank you for joining us. It is my absolute honor and pleasure. Thank you. All right, so let's get into the meat of the matter. What are some of the things that Jamaicans are famous for? What do we stand out about? <laughs> what makes us so special? I'm, go I'm going to begin by asking a question. All right. The question is, what are we willing to accept about ourselves that is both positive and negative? And I believe if we accept that we are not just all good and great, then we have already made a decision to build on rather than cruise on the legacy. Because so often we cruise on our legacy without adding to it. I think having said that, it is undeniable that some of the things that we are most famous for cannot be touched. They are intangible. They are reputational. And one of them is our stubborn belief in the impossible. You see how we are going up in Oregon? When oh, nobody yeah. not thinks eh, any Shelley and Price could exist anywhere in the world. Now, high five has a different meaning. So we have this stubborn belief in the impossible. And I don't mean to overshadow the other ladies who are doing so well and propelling us to want to change our area code from 876 to 123. But we certainly have to celebrate or celebrate. <laughs> of course, you know, Shelly, Sharika, Yes. Well, they're doing quite well. So yes. And that's based, I think, on our stubborn belief in the impossible. Anything anybody say cannot be done has never been done. You give it to a Jamaican and we're going to do it. So, so that's one intangible. Another intangible, I think, is our belief in justice, in justice, in what is right. 
because um, I don't want anybody to hear the pun and think I, I said the opposite. The opposite, uh, that's injustice, not right. injustice. <laughs> right, we stand up for justice. Right. Jamaica was the first country to stand with the people of South Africa in their demands that apartheid should fall. That's awesome. Little Jamaica refused to buy South African goods unless apartheid was no longer a part of the reality of human beings. And Nelson Mandela is recorded and he, we just celebrated his birthday on the 18th of July. Nelson Mandela is recorded to have said that Jamaicans produce the largest body of artistic work that spoke against apartheid. That or no one easy something they accomplish. Of course, we know, I know, I do not know how it is that we are so talented. I can't keep up with the music, even when I don't agree with the content, you know. I can't keep up with how we just keep churning out these performers. And I want to know why we're not earning from it. But as a separate issue. But it's uh, revolving, as you can see, with each generation, there's a different spin to the music. But there is a continuity. There is a continuity in the way that if we removed what, what was the essential elements of a telephone, it would no longer be called a telephone. We might call it mobile. It might look like a little computer. We no longer up on the hill and shout, whoa, down the bottom there, and using their bang and the talking drums. But if we removed those elements, it no longer is an instrument for communication. So yes, the music, we innovate on the music but it still remains Jamaican. It still remains what we have evolved since the days of Mento, what Rex Nettleford and others call the melodies of Europe and the rhythms of Africa. We still innovate on that. We still hear the revival beat that um, is so prominent in the music of Toots and the Maytels. We still hear it in other aspects of the music. We still know that a country people may never know country people so nice. A country people left country and come at Kingston and bring to us all those beautiful elements of their culture, which we see in the music, in the way we speak, in the way we cook, in the way we dress and so on. Um, but I also want to put in that, in that part of our standing up for justice, Cuba, that Jamaica has also stood up against the United States of America and has never broken diplomatic relationship with Cuba. Are always so bad, always steer so. So those are intangibles by which we measure um, who we are. Who we are is a man called Marcus Garvey, you know, a very important man called Marcus Garvey, who remains an international statesman and who remains, in my view and the view of many others, the greatest international statesman to have harnessed um, the largest number of Black people in a movement called the Pan-African Movement. But besides that, there are some things we don't know about Marcus Garvey. We don't readily know that in 1919, when he arrived in New York, 
uh, the black people there had given up, given, totally given up on the American dream. You could say that their spirit was broken. And then them look around and this little man, cause him wasn't tall, you know. This a little very man, short little man. A very short little man turn up in a costume. And I say that deliberately, come in love pageantry, you know, and I very often compare Marcus Garvey in this regard to, um, to Michael Jackson with him white gloves and him little jacket and him so on. And here is Marcus Garvey turning up in his plumage and and in finery and say when him look around and him say where then is the black man's king him never seen none and he said to himself well i'm translating now the way i understand it he said to himself you know say every time you ask a question you are part of the answer so like oh me not see no king i must have me and there he was in harlem and you know what that sparked the harlem renaissance People like Langston Hughes, um, one of my favorite collectors of stories, anthropologists, what's your name again? Zora Neale Hurston, all of these people, even Webb Dubois, who people say him and Garvey was a quarrel, stood up and took note of this magnificent man who just knows him black and him beautiful and him proud. And as far as he's concerned, there is nothing called the impossible. And so when Claude McKay arrived, them claim him, you know, and we want back Claude McKay, don't it? Because we want him back. When them start to talk about, no, if we must die, they, they don't often give us the context of something called the Red Summer in which black people were at the heights, one of the historical heights of being brutalized. The Red Summer occurred in Chicago. Whole heap of black people dead, um, were left homeless, many days of violence, lynching, lynching and rioting spread across the country. And out of that, Claude McKay produced, If We Must Die. So when that other gentleman now pick it up and made it into a war cry for rallying um, soldiers at war, we think say a Churchill something, but it really was given to the world um, by a Jamaican. I'm very happy when we give things to the world, but we must also know what we have given. So our belief that nothing is impossible, our standing up for justice, is one thing I believe that we are known for, even when people can't touch it. Um, the Windrush generation, if you know anybody from that generation, uh, three of my uncles are from the Windrush generation, and they will tell you how Jamaicans stood up for other Caribbean people um, in the UK, that if you ever say me come from Jamaica, you come from Nevis, you come from St. Kitts, you come from Antigua, but you claim the Jamaican um, stand up for justice You like that phrase now, don't it? Of course, it's for justice, not injustice. <laughs> and, and other Jamaicans would also rally, rally to your defense. When, when we look at the Windrush generation, then we can see something tangible that we are as Jamaicans. We are builders. The reason we went to England was not because it's the mother country and them love we and give we a passport and give we a couple shilling and say come work. We went to rebuild Europe after it devastated itself um, during the world wars. 
um, and we didn't just build physically, but we took our medicine, our, our uh, medical knowledge, we took our nurses, our construction workers, and rebuilt that place. Because why? We were accustomed to building. Are we go build the Panama Canal, you know? And sometimes- I, Yes, I remember that time when Jamaicans moved to Panama to help build the canal, yes. Yes, and come back as the um, as the colon man. One, two, three, four, colon man. man now come. And this wonderful thing, um, because now we buy the fancy watches and the fancy clothes and so on, and came back. But the essential thing about that is that Jamaicans are singular in the construction of what must be um, one of the wonders of the world and made shipping and the transport of goods and so on between those two oceans so much easier for, for human beings. When I, when I looked at the Panama Canal, I also learned um, to my surprise many years ago that that was not the only transportation system that we constructed throughout Latin America. You know, say we go in and Central America, you know, say we go in a Costa Rica and Ecuador, go build railways. Yes, we're always, you know, funny thing about our Jamaicans, you know, we're everywhere, you know, evening, evening, um, Alaska. We are, we are absolutely everywhere we are all over you're taking me back now to um to 9 11 um when i was thinking boy americans dead out and then me hear a jamaican say no no we're alive um <laughs> she, yes yes and could say what her experience was she was the aunt of the late great barry moncrief who actually called into a radio program so we could get not just a perspective of what was happening there, but a, pers a Jamaican perspective of how that went. So, so we're builders, wherever we go, we contribute um, in literature. I call a name now because I might miss out somebody in literature, in comedy. I call a name because I might miss out somebody in storytelling. I have to call Louise Bennett. <laughs> I mean, a business, who else me leave out? But I have a call, um, Louise Bennett, who I think that at, in, in her day, one of the only international festivals she didn't go to, and I don't know why, is the three-week festivals in Wales called Beyond the Border. So you know, so me correct that deficit. They no now cannot say. <laughs> they now cannot say that Jamaicans um, never went there. And now a word from our sponsors. Run out, run out, run out. helping you on your journey. Roll out and make a statement in your brand new vehicle. JN Bank helping you find a way. Free runs and assistance from JN. One low monthly payment covers insurance from JNGI. It's free the easy way. Helping you on your journey. One low monthly payment better value time to talk to JN. With a JN auto loan. JN will help you find a way. A toast only works if it's shared with others, even when we're miles apart. So let's cheer each other on. Cheers to the best in life. Drink and live responsibly. A message from Red Stripe, part of the Heineken Company. 
generation to generation, Jamaicans have depended on JN Bank to make the pride and joy of providing a safe place for their families possible. Now, with no processing fees and no down payment mortgage options, you can open the door to your own sweet home, a legacy to hand to your next generation. Visit JNBank.com to get pre approved today. JN Bank will help you find a way. Welcome back to our podcast. The thing about all of this is that while you're reflecting on what we're famous for, is that our culture is so rich and so diverse that wherever we go in the world, we carry this history. You know, the food, we're in Germany, we're in Italy, we're cooking the Jamaican food, the the, the reggae music, yeah? And, And... And many years ago, there was an expo in France. Don't ask me why didn't you know? There was an expo in France. Now, when them people have expo, we're talking about four, five, six acres of the expo ground. And so one street in, in, in the culinary section of the expo was dedicated to Jamaicans, you know, and them go to them where forget zinc fence. <laughs> Set up zinc fence so that their display of jerk could look as authentic as they could make it look. And guess what? Then they don't want to give away the secrets, you know, because you know many people trying to do like jerk chicken, do kunu and all of those things. And when you look on the internet nowadays, what they're doing is abysmal failure. They're not even close. They're not even close. Me see somebody I tried with jerk rice, um, but make him stay there with that. But as you... <laughs> As you mentioned, the Dukunu, then we also have to say, and and in the broader area of culture, we also have to say Jamaica is large in terms of representing the African presence in the diaspora. And and we should not underplay the role and value of the Rastaman as a spirituality, as a liberty, now, when we're talking about climate change and how part of the solution is in how we eat and what we wear, Rastamana tell me that from a long time. So in terms of that liberty, the impact on the world, the Rastaman influence in the music, not just in the musical form, but in the content, the spirituality. And I don't even mean in the, in the very seductive one love. I mean, in the harmonizing of human beings about issues that serve us, that will preserve civilization. Let me put it that way, because sometimes we're not so civilized in our behavior. But in, 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 in the way in which the Rastaman infuses those elements of what it means to be civic and civilized in the music, in their carrying of the flag, in Marcus Garvey's um, design of the UNIA flag, and in how many other African countries um, have utilized that. You know, I go back to Marcus Garvey, and then I also have to say um, that the Ghanaian football team is called uh, the Black Star, them name? Starlino. Yes, no, no, them name the Black Star. Um, the, 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 the Ghanaian flag has a black star in it. The Ghanaian parliament building has a black star in the ceiling. And that all takes its, um, its skew from Marcus Garvey. Marcus Garvey, right. We, we, the, mm-hmm. 
we imitate something at Christmas time called Kwanzaa. But Tanzania had taken Marcus Garvey's economic um, development program and condensed it into these seven pillars. And then uh, an African-American got to Tanzania and said, what a wonderful thing. Let me take these seven pillars as well and make them into something that we can do at Christmas time. And then we copy it. And we don't realize, say, we are copy, we sell. <laughs> <laughs> we are copy, we sell. The same thing. Yes. All right. So we're going to move quickly now to, you know, you've said so many things about what Jamaicans are famous for, tangible and intangible uh but for your personal self now for mr dr blackwood meeks yes what makes you proud to be a jamaican just one item one item can i tell you can i share an anecdote sure go ahead okay so in 2010 i went to south africa to do some of the research for my phd and when I was going to South Africa, I knew there was a man I wanted to meet, although I had collected all his tapes of stories and perhaps read all his books. I'm not sure about that now, but read a whole heap of his books. His name was Credo Mutua. If Credo Mutua was alive, he would be the same age of, of, as Louise Bennett. He was a Zulu shaman, leader, storyteller, author. And I make up my mind that I have to meet Credo Mutua to sit at his feet. So I got up into South Africa and like a true Jamaican, I pick up the phone and I call him number. And I get <laughs> an answer because Credo Mutua don't answer him on a phone. And when I told the gatekeeper what I wanted, he told me, Credo Mutua, don't give interview. Well, you know, a Jamaican, me go round and me go round and me go round till me find out which phone number Credo is going to answer. So <laughs> me call him pan, yes, me call him pan that phone number one day, told him what I wanted. And he called me madam. He said, madam, I don't give interviews. This one owe him royalty, that one teeth him book, all kind of something. And I made up my mind. I was going to call Credo Mutua every day for 21 days. There's a 21 day psychology thing. You make a habit in 21 days, you break a habit and so on. So I'm going to call Credo Mutua for 21 days. And if on the 21st day he told me no, I would lap my tail and take my no and go about my business. Calling Credo Mutua, day 21, Credo Mutua said, Madam, I don't give interviews. Who teeth him? Who rob him? Who take him book? And I said, Baba Credo, I'm so sorry I won't get a chance to meet you. And I've come all the way from Jamaica. Why me never said that first? Ah, you don't believe out the Jamaican part. <laughs> Instantly, I was not Madam. Credo said, Honorable One, Jamaicans have done nothing to harm me. When can you come? Uh, there is a reputation. Credo knew me, but he never met me. But he knew me through my Jamaican reputation. That was my passport. And, and I believe if more of, of us recognize how valuable this passport is, we would make a greater effort to protect it because it having a visa that can't expire, you know, well, unless we is. treat it badly. That is true. Do you realize that even when we visit other countries, like even in Europe, and we speak our patois, 
and you know people are looking at us and saying where are these people from i don't know a brave soul will come out and say what country are you from and you will say jamaica you notice the whole table surround everybody come down because they want to hear about jamaica Absolutely. And I have learned over the years that when I perform at a festival, I have to drop in some Jamaican, including in Mexico that don't speak Jamaican. But if I ever turn up at a festival in Mexico and I don't drop in a couple of Jamaican phrases in the story, they're not happy. Um, so that is also very valuable, this language. That, that the world is proud of, that we are still learning, um, debating whether we want to be proud of it as well. Um, so you asked me what makes me proud to be Jamaican. You know, our vendors make me proud. You see, when I get up and I'm traveling early in the morning and I see the vendors on the sidewalk with their brooms, sweeping them spot with a little water and I wash it down. And I know that they have um, traveled from wherever with them two suitcases or three suitcases or one suitcase of goods and I'm going to put it up in a nice display and, and they have the discipline to sit there and the hope that somebody is going to come and buy what they're selling and then sit down there all day as the shopkeeper, the entrepreneur, the floor manager, the cashier, the everything. And, and, and whatever they have sold or not sold in the evening, then pack it up back and go home like a trooper and come back next morning. The way the vendors, and also in the market, um, how them set out them goods in, in but not just by items, but by colors and, and never say die. The, all the lessons I learned from our vendors about resilience, about how to keep going, about how to stick to it, makes me very proud to be a Jamaican. To be a Jamaican. All right, so we have looked at the tangible and the intangible ways in which Jamaicans continue to build their names, both locally and overseas. And as you have just mentioned, you are proud of us because of our stick to itiveness. We keep going no matter the circumstances. So as we close, Dr. Blackwood Meeks, Jamaica, as we said in the introduction, celebrates 60 years. And we know that you know you have been doing your craft, building a legacy also for Jamaicans for the future. Quickly in just one minute let's come up what does, yes in one minute what does jamaica at 60 mean for you what makes it different from jamaica at 40 or jamaica at 50 or what we're looking forward to jamaica at 70 we can't be anything in the future that we are not in the present. So one of the things I am holding on to for Jamaica at 60 is that I see us as a nation. Some individuals might slip, you know, but I see us as a nation fighting not to be seduced by the naked materialism of the West and fighting to find other things to value about who we are and what we're about and how we want to get to Jamaica 70. Right, and so 
as you have encapsulated everything into that one sentence, that one minute, we are at the end of our podcast. And we would like to thank Dr. Blackwood Meeks. We could speak with her all day because she has so much insightful information to share about our culture and what is happening in our Jamaican society. Dr. Blackwood Meeks, thank you so much for joining us on Impacting Jamaica. Thank you too for this opportunity to interrogate myself. You have just come to the end of another episode of Impacting Jamaica, the Independence Edition. Do join us again for another in the series on SoundCloud, Google Podcast, Spotify, Audible, Podcast Addict, or on Stitcher. Impacting Jamaica, the Independence Edition, is powered by JN Bank. <laughs>